All right. Awesome. Um, so, hey, everybody, welcome back to Tulsa Titans. I am thrilled to be doing our first episode today with the founder of the show, Kellen Cowan. Thank you, Kellen, for dropping by. Hey, how you doing, Miles? So this is going to be an awesome show. I'm really excited to be one of the people helping you to produce it. And we're just going to do a first episode uh, featuring you and what you're going to be doing with the show. And also just a little bit about your advice on optimism, leadership, and business as the inaugural Tulsa Titan. Uh, but I'm really excited to see who else we have on the show in the coming weeks. I am too, man. We've got a great lineup. I'm very excited and I'm, I'm happy to have you alongside. You've given some great uh, content ideas and you're always inspiring. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So I think to start, just the first question is, why are you doing this show? Um, you know, when you, I think you and I had a, a breakdown about this, right? There's almost a word cancer that we've walked through in this last year. Um, everything's bleak. People have anxiety from what they're hearing and that content's being pushed over and over and over again. And so one of the things we want to do is to combat that, right? We want to spread optimism, but Tulsa needs hope. They have fantastic leaders and small mid-sized business leaders, man. They do what big corporations do without all the resources. Uh, so they're gritty. Uh, they, they have a lot of knowledge to share. So I want to pull that out of them and at the same time, spread that optimism. And when you think about the city of Tulsa, obviously it was a decision to limit it really to the area, maybe some of Oklahoma City, but really Tulsa being the heart of this. Why did you decide to go so specifically? Like so many people have podcasts that have the whole world. Why, why just Tulsa? Well, I mean, kind of back to the small to mid-sized business, right? I know a lot of the wonderful business leaders here. I know a lot of them have a heart uh, for change, a heart for God. Uh, they fought to keep our city open and safe at the same time. Uh, we've done really good through this last year, but I know that they have a lot to give. And that's what this show is about, right, is giving. And, and if anything, we want people to take action on what we're doing. You're going to glean some, some fantastic ideas and some next steps from this. It's going to be full of optimism. You're going to feel good. But we ultimately want you to take action as a part of this journey to make an impact in our city. Very cool. So, yeah, without further ado, I'd love to ask you some of the same questions you're going to be asking guests uh, just to yeah, sh share some of that same optimism and hope. Yeah, so, well. yeah, my first question would be, I know you're big on this. What are three things that you're trying to consume more of right now? And then the second question, what are three things that you uh, have tried to consume less of or other people might want to think about consuming less of? So we'll start with the three positives. Yeah, so, so great question. Uh, the first one is more of the word. And so this year, uh, I think literally January 1st, I'm up an hour earlier than normal. You know, with a lot of the changes in remote work, I was getting up at like 6.30, I'm up at 5.30. It gives me plenty of time, not just, to, I've been checklisting books in, in the Bible as I get into it. It gives me time to read and reflect all the things that you hear you should do, but, but my knowledge and the depth on some of the stories I'm reading is absolutely amazing. And so the, the first one would be the word. Uh, the other one would be like, like in this podcast, the leaders around me. So I made a specific list of five men in different categories that I know no poor time in my life uh, because I found myself overextended and kind of run out. And I'm making lunch meetings or coffee meetings or time to go over their house and ask them some questions and let other people pour into me. Uh, and the third is family, right? So um, if you do this thing right, and if you take uh, some of the mentorship and, and what I loved is I was around a campfire and talking about my kids and what three executives shared was massive missteps, right? And where they hit home runs with their kids. And I listened and it all revolved around time. And so 
I really took that in right back to the second one, being around some of those mentors. It was a check on like, you can work yourself to the bone at the end. You're going to look back and not care about it. If you truly say that time with God or time in the time with family matters, make it matter, put more time on your calendar for it and be more specific and intentional with your time in the area of work. So you don't get stuck there. Uh, The second part of yours was what are three things I'm giving up, right? Well, half my portions of food. I mean, that's the first one Um, with what's been going on and people talking a lot about viruses, our bodies work in specific ways. And just because I worked out a lot, I can skate by with uh, indulging a little too much. I'm very specific with my diet right now. I've actually found that certain foods in the morning at night help me to energize in the morning and wind down at night. So that's been really cool and something unexpected. I'm also filtering out uh, people and environments that, that don't align with my core values or my beliefs. Uh, and they don't really add any value, right? So I take a list, I, take, I write it down every day of who I spent time with and what it does for me with my mission in life. And if that doesn't add up, I'm out uh-huh. and then I'm cutting down on staying up late. I've been uh-huh. to get up and crush it early, but I've not ever got enough sleep. So one of the things that I'm cutting out is man, time on my iPhone, time with television at night, blue light keeps your brain active for 90 minutes. I did a little research on that needing to get up and be actually on point at five 30 in the morning. And so I've looked at cutting blue light an hour before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you think about, it, I want to dig in on that second point of who you surround yourself with. A lot of us uh, don't realize that we live on social media. Some people on average of four hours a day, and there's so many voices competing for our attention there. Can you talk about how you've been able to, as a business owner, still be relevant somewhere like LinkedIn or Facebook, but not have it consume you in terms of other people's opinions? Yeah, great question. And I think four hours is kind of light. I mean, and I can tell you, especially we've got to worry for our kids. I can give my kid the television or, or a smartphone and they'll just glue to it until I pull it away. Um, uh-huh. To think that we don't fall victim to the same thing is, is a lie. And you can see it with, like you said, the screen time app. So what I do, um, especially for business. So I run a ministry and I run this business, New Wave Solutions, is I have strategic points during the day, just like I do with email, where I go and I check who's replied to what and what's going on. I don't get in the feeds. Uh, unless I'm specifically following somebody for content, again, that rely, aligns with my core values, I don't get into the feed. I look at my alerts only. Uh, I actually went so far as like when I made this decision and it was back to, man, I'm spending too much screen time. What do I do about it? Well, the question is, what do I want from it, right? What do I think is healthy? What do I want from it? Well, I think you can spread optimism, just like we're going to do with social media. You, there's so much with that technology in a very cheap way that you can do a lot with. Um, but I moved it to the sixth page. So all my um, Facebook and my LinkedIn, I used my mobile device most of the time. I have two times during the day. I have to go to the sixth page of my iPhone to get on them. So I'm not looking at the little badges all day long and haven't checked it because that's in my nature. I don't like a bunch of notifications and email. I don't like 16 on the badge on LinkedIn or Facebook, right? And so that allows me to uh, do that. But also I don't get, I don't know if you've ever had this happen with social media, I don't get dripped back in, right? Since I really concentrate and I knock out all the answers, responses, and content at one time, I'm not constantly having to go back and forth, back and forth all day. And I think that's where we kind of get trapped. Yeah. And their algorithms are trying to trap us because like they'll let posts trend more if you're commenting all day. So trying to make it so everyone's tied in and yeah, it it is a challenge. Now, when you think about, I know one of the things that's been interesting as a young entrepreneur is there's so much abundance right now in business 
no one talks about it, but the internet has made the scrappy people like anyone can pull themselves up and like quickly build revenue and attention in a completely new way. Sure. And one of the things that's got me thinking about is how to set goals as a Christian business person. Cause that you see abundance, like WhatsApp sells for, you know, $90 billion and it's been two years or something. And you start to get these ridiculous goals that are very earthly focused. How are you thinking about kingdom centered goals and how many are you setting? How often do you refer to them? How often do you tweak them? I'd love to understand your process just for goal setting. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting in business too, right? So my, my process on goal setting is I write 10, um, but they start just like my calendar does. What's my time and goal with God look like? What's my time with my wife or my kids look like? Um, I actually have myself personally in there because if I'm not healthy, everything else falls apart. So what's self-care look like for the year? Um and just talking about overeating, working out a lot, I got too tight because stretching and some of the maintenance that every athlete should do, I wasn't doing. And so that's a goal this year, right? So it's, it's really looking at what I call in a holistic way, like, like mm -hmm. who, you know, and, and you went through this exercise, you may have gone through it. It's in a book that I really like, but at your funeral, what do you want people to say? Mm -hmm. If your tasks all day long and the money you accumulate and all the stuff you do with your business doesn't leave time for what you want people to say at your funeral, then you're just, you're just way off. And I was when I started a business because we had to grow and do all these things. Interestingly enough around goals, what I've found is if I just stay very consistent, uh, it gives me enough time for people, which is one of my, you know, that's one of my whys. Uh, the business grows steadily. It doesn't grow too fast, which breeds a whole other kind of chaos and, and you hurry up to hire and there's, there's other forms of cancer, right? But, but there's plenty of time left over. Uh, and then the goal setting to uh, miles. So it is holistic. It goes from what matters most to the end of the line. And that's how I set each goal. I do it over a year and I recalculate every quarter. So that's kind of my process. But I think more importantly, what I learned was, you know, as a young entrepreneur, I'm just hungry and there's just all this opportunity. And I don't know if you've ever done this, you can consume all these books, but then all of a sudden, if you're reading 10 books at a time, you try to figure out why you have anxiety. <laughs> and I, I got with some of these older professionals that have 10 or 20 buildings They've got two successful companies. Some of them are on their second generation of business has been handed down. They've blown the roof off and they talk about what really matters And none of what I just said comes up in that conversation. You know, I, I think we overlook, especially the United States. We're talking about Tulsa, Oklahoma, we're in the United States, how blessed we are, right? Mm -hmm. Opportunities. We don't go without food. We don't go without a roof over our head. Uh, other countries would say, Hey man, they even have houses for their cars. Right? Mm -hmm heard of in other countries that we have garages. Um, so we are truly blessed and it's, it's, what do you want to make out of time? You know, uh -huh. I concentrate too much on what we make out of revenue. We, we actually sell ourselves short. We, we sell all our time away. And as someone who's an achiever personality, how do you reconcile that idea of revenue? Like I want to get new wave to this many people or this much uh, in income as a very quantifiable goal. Whereas spending time with your son is a little harder to quantify. Like, you know, I'd be so rigid. Like I want to spend 386 hours with him this year. Like, how do you think about as an achiever, bringing that achiever strength through the vehicle of these more important personal goals? Well, I think they align exactly if you think about it the right way. So if I'm trying to make X revenue on my own, right, then I'm only going to work and I may achieve it. And it may feel okay, but it's going to be the sacrifice of life. I'm literally yeah. in every waking moment trying to, to make that. But just like I do with my son, I mean, what do I want to do with that relationship? I want him to do far more than I ever did. 
So as we hire, or I look at, hey, what what value does Kellen truly bring? Where does Kellen kick dirt? Meaning I'm just horrible at this. You know, I can make it work, but it drains me. And I want people to hear that too. Like you may be talented enough to where you can do something well and people pat you on the back for it, but you need to really take an emotional check once you're done with that task. If it exhausts you, God didn't build you to do it. And so you delegate those things out and then you have to make time in the business to give time to those people, celebrate their wins, build them up, and hopefully they'll all do more than you were ever capable of. And then you, you hit all those go, goals through other people. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, and when you think about for yourself, you know, one of the things you talked about recently is this Blinkist app, like trying to develop yourself, but doing that in a way that isn't, you know, hours and hours and hours, because you don't only have so much time when you're running a ministry and a family and a company. How have you found things like Blinkist or hacks for learning and getting better? And are there any that you'd recommend to the audience? Yeah, sure. So that goes back to the goal setting. It really does. I didn't do a deep dive on goal setting, but looking at what you want to accomplish throughout the year and where you're maybe uh, you're not there yet, right? Like for me, I'm, I'm studying some financials. I'm definitely studying marketing this year, right? From there, what are my best resources? Because I can tell you this right now, Miles, I know myself. And if you don't have a, you know, ask a bunch of questions to a bunch of your friends, they'll be honest with you and tell you exactly how you are. So you have some better insight on yourself. I don't do well reading for hours upon hours, right? I have ADD, which I'm cool with. I think it's a, a gift. Um, so I'm real high energy. I can accomplish a lot, but I don't have a, a long attention span. And so that's when you bring up Blinkist uh, is what I look at. And it's the same way I train our clients is we're in an era where there's so much amazing technology. You can literally go find something for yourself. But Blinkist is one of the things I like. It's kind of like the spark notes, I think, from back when a lot of us were in, you know, junior high or high school. Uh, where they consolidate, but it's it's high-level professionals that consolidate those main points and actionable points for you to take away. So when I'm looking at marketing and spending, instead of spending a week reading a book, I spend 12 minutes. And that gives me enough time to really actually reflect. And I think this is the most important, reflect on what those are, look at any gap with those actionable steps compared to what I'm doing, and then write down and take actionable steps. And I think I know a lot of uh, young professionals um, because I'm part of a local organization where we mentor young professionals. They get caught in that cycle where they want to do so much. And there's so much content that they read everything and they never do anything. And so then they come out feeling anxious and crummy and it's just not worth it. Right. So, so Blinkist was one uh, we were, you and I are both going through business made simple. And I think that guy's right on the money. He went and looked at, and I think it's so important because we're talking about optimism, right? He had a coaching business where people flew in to see him paying top dollar. They were doing really well. Pandemic hits, his revenue stream completely cuts off. Well, his gifts and talents didn't change. They just repurposed them. So he had an all team meeting, allowed everybody to have a voice. They repurposed them, but he knows how to train people. He doesn't sit there and give you eight hours of content. He gives you a 12 minute actionable video to learn every day, to reflect on every day, to put into action every day. And if you'll do that, you, you're a better executive for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing to understand some of those things like business made simple, the ROI of them if you actually do them. Yeah, because that, that's something I've noticed is the doing for me. If I look at three years ago to today, how many things I'm doing, like you've taught me stuff like use Visio diagrams. Now I'm kicking out like 10 Visios a day. I never used to do that. Those I like reading a book about Visios wasn't going to teach it to me. Like I had to do it. Do it. And, and so many of us, I think we get stuck on, like you said, these great books, like 
like you always say John Maxwell, like John Maxwell's books are great. They're inspiring, but they're not often inspiring of action. They're inspiring of energy, but you have to go basically take the energy and turn it into action because 900 pages of John Maxwell doesn't turn into an easy to do calendar list. No, it's still 120 pages of notes. Yeah, exactly. And so I've, I found for me, read John Maxwell because it's fun to read and then immediately do something when it hits your mind, like encourage someone, like stop reading the book, call the person. <laughs> Because yeah. otherwise you lose, you like you said, you have 900 to-dos and our to-do lists are all just getting so long nowadays. You never do this stuff at the bottom. Well, you said, some, you said two really important things there. The first one was think about your audience. So when you said you're creating Vizios, well, guys, the reason that Miles is creating Vizios is because he has an audience that doesn't know marketing. You know, he has such an in-depth knowledge of, of his specific vertical that when he talks to people, they don't easily grasp the concept. So he's taking time to create a Vizio so they can see the path just like he sees it. Same thing with those videos that are in chunks. that are just hitting home runs for all these professionals. They took time to look at their audience. And instead of saying, hey, I'm capable of, they said, hey, they need this. Because their ultimate goal, right, if they're going to hit a home run, is for those professionals or soon-to-be professionals to take action. And then the second thing you said was literally take action. So if you're going through those, and that's what we, we're talking about with Blinkist, right? In the morning, you do a couple of things, measure them and go, hey, I'm not taking action on this. And I've been in business long enough to know this will really skyrocket what we're doing, who I am, what my mission is, and then just go take action. And if I could tell any young professional anything, because I get asked all the time, they have, they have this um, either fear of failure or the perfectionist mindset. Like it has to be just right. No, you're going to get great at it by just doing it. If you know you need to do it, just do it. People will forgive you, right? Get over failing. Learn how to fail well because every failure is an opportunity to learn more than you knew five seconds ago. I mean, it's the fastest learning path you can have. And I look at things like Veth Group's website. We have Fortune 500 customers and a little Wix website I made in 10 minutes. So I could have spent all my time on the perfect website and still not have launched the business or just say, Hey, this is probably good enough. And I think one of the things I admire about you is you figure out there's a few things like your relationship with your wife where it's not binary. Like it's very much, it's a scale and you can always do better. And certain things like my company website, it's kind of binary, like make it a C plus and move on. It's not going to drive my ultimate success. It's too low to care about as a driver. Like what a good one be better. Sure. I think a lot of people, you're right, the swath of things they decide they have to do, they never, it's just undoable as a small business or a person. It, yeah. And I mean, it, yeah. You learn from it. But the other cool thing about things in business, unlike really neglecting your marriage, like if you just get something working and you kind of talked about your why beforehand, I think that is important. Like, why am I building this? And don't do it in such a way that you can't add to it, right? Put it at least on the right platform. So if we're talking about websites, at least find the right vehicle. But yeah, throw it up 20% because you can come back to it. You just needed a website. And then you are, right? If you spend, what, 80 hours in one week and, and get it perfect and don't do anything else, you neglected the business, you neglected your family. And I think we can all get caught in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the, the patience mindset you have too. Like it doesn't, you don't have to put a deadline on your success. A lot of like, it's not, you're not failing if it takes you a little longer than the next book. We're each on our own journey. Um, I think, yeah. And I don't know if this was from a mentor or just from failing really fast, like new wave solutions, as far as our company and even the, the men's ministry band of brothers that I run here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
like everybody patted me on the back for what was accomplished in such a short period of time. But like looking back, I literally wish I could have started over and done both of them much slower just to give time back to what actually matters. So time to my family, uh, time with my newborn son, because it would have all gotten there and it would have been a better product to take it slower. But I got patted on the back by the rest of the world. Right. That's that's something that's that's kind of really hard to digest is is you've got to be mindful of what's important to you mm-hmm. back to your plan. Like you said, your goals. But really, it's, it's my my plan for me. Like I've mm-hmm. defined what I want people to say at my funeral, what I want people to see when I'm in action. Somebody stuck in front of clients or behind a computer all day doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like what what actually is going to matter is not what the world celebrates on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I think you're right. That's a dangerous trap to fall into because I, I can't tell you how many people I've met where they have millions of dollars and they wish they had done it differently. Um, I heard stories about what one of the uh, guys out here is the largest mortgage broker in the region. It's a very big, well-known company. Um, and he basically said something to the vein of, I regret the way I built this. Like all the things like using cocaine to hook new recruits of the company and process, like everything you could imagine. He said, Hey, I, I actually feel really bad about this. I couldn't do it again. And he's kind of largely heralded as one of the largest, most successful people in the country. And it's just, it's interesting to me to think like, what a mistake to think along the way that it was all worth it if you made those moral sacrifices or time sacrifices or whatever to get to the point and go, wow, I really regret this. How many of us think that, well, if I just was that successful, like everything else would be fine. Um, it isn't, especially when we stand before God. No, not at all. Well, and yeah, yeah. Talking about the way to build a business, but you have to enjoy the ride. <laughs> the other thing is it's not about getting to the top. It's about the person that you become and hopefully a better person through the challenges, through the failures, through the reflection time, um, but you know, you mentioned social media. It's a, it can be a cancer. Like it's it's a living, breathing social platform. You can do with it whatever you want. There's some manipulation in the code and in the way that the the creators use it. No doubt, you can do amazing things with it. Um, but people can't get stuck in somebody else's version of what they should be. And I think so many people are stuck there. Like you just. Mm-hmm even if you're doing it this year, like you're getting skinny for somebody because the new year's resolutions always get in shape. But why, why are you getting in shape? Well, for me, you know why I'm doing all the right stuff this year. I have buddies that died of COVID and they died of COVID because there's a virus and they treat their body like crap. And God created the body. We find off a million other viruses, right? We have a cool temple that is its own like fortress if we'll fortify it. And so, and, and how dare I, you know, go eat fried chicken and drink Coke and do whatever I want because I can go work out and I'm really not healthy and tell other people to be healthy. And so one, I've, I've got to be what I, the advice I give, but two, as having a family, that was the thing that we did. It was like, Hey, this thing happened. We didn't worry about all the stuff that the hospitals were saying and the, 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 um, you know, professionals in government that were just given a cue card because they're not health experts and there's just this stuff going on. We looked at it and said, Hey, I know how God made me. Am I, am I really living up to it? Hey, a whole family started taking different vitamins. We started doubling our water. We got eight hours of sleep. I started eating half as much food. That's a difference. And I've helped. I think uh, I got a group of guys because I was committed to the process. We got a group of 15 guys that lost 480 pounds together 
in like three and a half or four, something just outrageous, but we were focused on doing it the right way. But you can't, you can't have that kind of leadership in anything if you're not all in yourself and if you don't know your why. And also the, I think it's not instant. Like you said, even that type of growth, it takes three, four five weeks. Yeah. And it's like, I think we want to go on infomercial and, oh, I eat this pill, it all goes away, or I take a vitamin or, you know, yeah, it, it's a process. Now, when you think about for you, I love this question. If, if I put you on an island or someone put you on an island, they said you could only bring three books with you and you've got to restart, uh, but you get three books to bring with you and that's it. What three are coming with you? Well, I think especially with the reason that we're doing this, um, this podcast, Living Forward, mm-hmm. amazing book. And it talks about an executive that, that, you know, literally accomplished everything he was after, but he was burnt out, kind of feeling like a, a ship, you know, lost with no rudder sailing out to sea. And, and he and another uh, executive kind of looked at the end of their life, right? That's where I got a lot of that content ask what their real why was. He wasn't enjoying the journey and it's a reset and it walks you through about 10 different specific activities that really get your life on point. If you don't know your why, you don't know what you want to be known at later on in life, thinking legacy. It's really good. Another one's the traveler's gift. It's amazing. I really, really like it. It gives you some core principles. And then uh, man, Jocko is on fire. So anything from Jocko, I even love his podcast. Um, But, uh, oh, what is it? Um, yeah, either one of his books are great. Uh, and I'll throw a fourth one out there that, that I actually might put before Jocko book. It's uh, maximize manhood. Mm-hmm. It's a great. Now, tr- uh, so, so the living forward is a fictional fable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then the traveler's gift, what's the, just, I want to make sure I, in case people want to buy these, how would you describe yeah. traveler's gift in like a sentence or two? Well, the traveler's gifts, the same thing too. And I think, uh, really for this time period, those two books would be so perfect. So the traveler's gift is about a man that's uh, chased the corporate ladder his whole life. Uh, tragedy happens and he loses his corporate job and there's no jobs to be had. And he can't, I think he's, you know, hammering something at a hardware store for minimum wage, while he sweeps just to keep the, just to keep things going. He overpurchased his house, everything's going wrong. And then um, he loses that job. You know, he's there with an emotional situation, can't pay for something for his kid, gets mad and leaves that job. And he's floor in a car, spins out and he wakes up in front of like Abraham Lincoln and the the angel Gabriel. And he gets these most pitiful moments. He learns one key takeaway how to truly live life. Because again, he's over purchased. He was climbing a corporate ladder at the, the sacrifice of his family. And he didn't realize that he had nothing until all of it was stripped away. And I know um, with some of the things that have happened to a lot of professionals this last year, they didn't have a choice um, to go to work or they, uh, their industry went completely under depending on what was passed and what's not passed, right? They feel the same way. Why have, and this is what you and I've been talking about the whole time, why have I been working so hard? And why is this my identity if somebody else can take it away? So mm-hmm. I think that'd be a really good book for anybody going through that. Yeah, and then Maximize Manhood, that is, is that like the title kind of like Principles for Being a Biblical Man? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's rough. And so, so again, if you really want to understand what it looks like to be a man in community in Christ, if you're really willing to hear the hard stuff, Maximize Manhood is a phenomenal book. Yeah. And now if anyone wants to reach out to you, I know you text me every morning to make sure I'm doing what I say. 
you have energy like no one I've ever seen. So, and you seem to be able to do that for as many people as ask for your help. Someone wants to reach out to you for a mentorship call, for advice, they want to work with New Wave, anything to do with that. Is the best way to reach you LinkedIn? Is it like what the company website? How do you want people to find you? Yeah, so I really like LinkedIn. I, I don't get a lot of messaging there. It's easy for me to review, so LinkedIn's great. Facebook, but I'm going to take at least a week to, to, to follow up on. I do get way too many messages there, even from clients. I've got 80-year-old clients that find the messenger on Facebook because they just had a question, right? It's an interesting time we live in. Um, and then I really like email. So Kellen at uh, nwstulsa.com or Kellen at newwavesolutions.com um, because I can flag those things and I can folder them to specifically follow up on them. It has rules for those kind of things where your social media and your text messages don't. And, and if someone wanted to be a guest on the show, is the easiest thing just to book right on the tulsatitans.net website or how would you want them to reach out to you that way? Yeah, yeah because that's got to work for yeah. to email. So that's the best. Go to tulsatitans.net. Uh, there's a form you can fill out there. I'll review it and get back to you. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited about this show. Thank you for sharing some wisdom today. I can't wait to pick up those books and you gave me a lot to think about and I can't wait for others to benefit from this as well. Me either, brother. Thank you for your time. My pleasure.